I, I maybe I did play at least a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! You won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative and your on campus radio station 88.3 WXUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> Frank and David the Man of God Harris. And guess what? We're going to be getting into NFL's winners and losers. David, what you got for us? Uh, we'll start off this time with the loser section because just something that is kind of a familiar territory with a lot of these loser sections. So we'll just start off with the Philadelphia Eagles. All right. Because, my God, like, like, I don't. I don't know how different ways I can say that Carson Wentz is trash. <laughs> I don't know if saying it in a fourth why language is he tra- would Why help. is he trash? Because a lot of times he doesn't seek to kind of take advantages of stuff the secondary presents to him. And he's so comfortable with the check down, knowing that it's second and long, third and long. That particularly on third and long, third and ten and longer. And so I was actually having a social media conversation with a beat reporter for the Eagles, and I asked, is Carson Wentz just a, you know, afraid to take the top off, knowing that at that time it was still a one-possession game, you're not utilizing the deep ball, particularly with Travis Fulgram or really Jalen Rieger, comfortable trying to throw to your tight ends, comfortable trying to feed your running backs out of the backfield, knowing that that's not going to get you those chunk plays or yards after the catch. And so at some point, your quarterback has to take shots. Your quarterback has to kind of make plays that can help you win football games. We say all the time that this is a quarterback lead, and the quarterback can help elevate you. And it seems as of primarily within this season, whether it's Carson Wentz, who I think it is, whether it's Doug Peterson's play call, which kind of talking to the reporter for the Eagles on social media, he's leaning kind of some way has to go that way. There, like this team has regressed offensively, and the quarterback is the glaring weakness that a lot but of David, people are you- saying. Can you admit, though, that the Eagles have no really skilled position players? Like, he's playing with a bunch of backups to the backups. Playing with guys brought in off the street. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, basically, he's playing with guys that probably were playing at at the Boys and Girls Club uh, flag football league. I mean, come on, David. Well, I mean, well, if they're in the NFL, they they have the talent and the skill. I think, does it it make – kind of the case that, yes, he's played with guys that he hasn't played well? Sure, but, I mean, even taking that, Travis Fulgham, 
came off the street, kind of a journeyman player, you know, cut by multiple teams. He was actually Gets with the, the Lions. Yeah, kind of a break, but he had a breakout season, and now that kind of you're bringing him back, or now that you're bringing back old Wash Alphon Jeffrey back, now you're trying to get him acclimated, and so you're sacrificing feeding these breakout players for the sake of the guys that people recognize, whether it's Zach Ertz at the tight end position, Dallas Goddard, who is a, you know, a tier two, tier three tight end. Like you're feeding some of these recognizable names rather than the players that when your offense was clicking, you're feeding the likes of Fogum, you're feeding the likes of Greg Ward, who are young guys. And it doesn't help that you don't really have a running back. But then again, when has Philly had a consistent running back that's going to run the ball 20, 25 times a game. Like, they're just not built that way, and that offense really isn't built that way to have power back. It's Miles Sanders out of the backfield. It's Boston Scott out of the backfield. When he was, you know, when he was healthy, it was Darren Sproles out of the backfield. And it's always been, it's always looked like the Chicago Bears backfield. And that's really a good comparison for me, is even in Chicago, it's like you're, trying to get the recognizable names, but your, your offense is just kind of hamstwill punting a log, and it needs that quarterback to make that you know, extra ump. I think the difference between Philadelphia and Chicago is that Philadelphia tries to kind of feed the running backs in the system that they have designed around for them, whereas in Chicago, they don't really have kind of running backs that really fit the model that they really want to play. And so kind of just looking at those teams and kind of getting back to Philadelphia, like will it take a kind of power running back? I don't know because their offense really isn't built for that power running back kind of in a way that so many teams are. But like who's going to come to Philadelphia that's a quote-unquote either recognizable name or kind of can be kind of a favorite target for Carson Wentz. I I just don't know. Because you try to bring back Deshaun Jackson, but he's, you know, he's hurt again. Again, Alshon Jeffrey is, like, you know, he's a wanted sign. I didn't even know he was still in the league. It's just like, can't play the hand that you were dealt. Yeah, this is true. Keep going. Uh, I mentioned the Bears or another loser. Yeah. I, I don't know what it was. Yeah, we'll just keep going with that. Um, Seattle, kind of, again, this is week 10. So not Wait a minute, how the Bears another night. loser? You don't explain anything. Uh, it's, it's the same conversation, just kind of offensively. They were just longing and begging for something, knowing that defensively they were keeping Dalvin Cook in check for three quarters. It looked like Kirk Cousins was playing back to the Kirk Cousins of old that we were all like, eh, he's he all right. Like, he's not going to do much, but he all right. And then in that fourth quarter when you needed it, the offense just couldn't, you know, get that extra oomph. And it goes down to they're not having a running game. Uh, I guess they're hopeful that Nick Foles can make it now that they're on a bye week this week. But coming back, kind of that injury scare at the end of the game, social media rushed to be like, 
all right, is it Mitch Trubisky's time? But then people are like, oh, yeah, he's hurt. So, you know. so now you're looking at this offense that's already kind of hit or miss at best, and now you're putting in a, a second stringer, third stringer. Like, it, it's not looking good for Chicago. I think a lot of people are, like, hoping that Nick Foles would come back and be healthy for the bye week. But, yeah, again, it's. Who well, can be the focal point of this topic? But the thing about it is, is that this is the same old, like you said, the same old conversation. The Bears organization front loads on the money on the defense and then tries to skimp on offense. And every year it's something. Either it's a mediocre quarterback, a guy that you're not getting a franchise guy quarterback, or the offensive line is bad, or there's no running game. And to be honest with you, I'm going to go add losers at this, I think the whole NFC North management teams are losers. You might ask, well, why do you think say that? Think about how all the organizations are ran in the NFC North. Green Bay doesn't appreciate Aaron Rodgers, even though they're 7-2. and two. In the draft, didn't get him any weapons and drafted a quarterback in Jordan Love. Who's a project. Which, you know, that's that's the Packer way. They did it with Brett Favre. We go and draft Aaron Rodgers. We, we want to we still be... Instead of trying to win, or maybe like you said, Frank, do a, a rebuild and just you know win that way, all the teams want to be relevant. The Green Bay organization is terrible. Once again, you know, archaic uh, management building, team building. Look at the Detroit Lions, the Fords, trash. Uh, trash. Uh, calling them trash is offensive to trash. Well, uh, yeah, you know, hot garbage fire, whatever you like to call them. I mean, I don't think Listerine can freshen up that organization. It's just bad. The Bears, same thing with the McClowskis Mikow- the or whatever, you know, the, the descendants of Papa Hallis. Archaic, just you got these older people in the organization that just aren't football people. Then you bring in these GMs that you think are going to do good. But you know in the back, they're still trying to run the organization. You know, they're just trying to stay face with the fans. I think that's the problem with Quinn in the Lions. Quinn probably wants to put together a winner, but you got the Fords who are probably telling them, no, we're not going to sign this guy. You know, can't pay this guy. You need to do this. It, it, there's more. Or the problem is the, the GM is also buddies with the head coach, and he refuses to fire his friend. That's true, but it also could be the GM probably – sold Matt Patricia to the, the the Fords and now he's a mess up and if you fire him he looks bad and he doesn't have he just doesn't have any wiggle room. And that's the same thing I think with the with the with the Bears with Pace. I think it's the same thing. It's where they might want to bring in some players, but if the ownership says, well, you know, we're only gonna pay this and this for these positions and you want to be defensive front loaded. I mean Khalil Mack, not bad, but your defense can't help you the whole time. I mean, I know defense helps win championships, but I think it's key defensive stops help you win championships. And then look at the Vikings. Another poor ran organization. It's just it's just the whole NFC North is just straight horrid. Horrid organizations with horrible management. But the thing is, it's the black and blue division, and they have all this tradition, and the fans are somewhat suckers because they keep supporting the teams week in and week out. That's just that's just the matter of what it is. But as far as the Bears is concerned, they hit once every, if you notice, once every six years, they win a, a conference title or they get far in the playoffs. And then after that, it's in a 10-year span, another four to five years of just mediocre football. And I'm just coming to accept that as a, as a, as a fan. You're just going to – I just get to the point, like, why watch the Bears? 
you're going to have a subpar offense with great defense, but if the defense is on the field most of the time, you're not going to do anything. So it's just like whatever, you know. What what can Nagy do? You're not you're not getting. You need talent to win games. You can't be blaming the coaching and saying it's the play calling when he's trying to work something out. But it's like you don't have anything. I mean, let's face it. Nick Foles is middle of the road backup. Same thing with Trubisky. What can you do? They're not stars. Yeah, and just kind of even for Monday night. Kind of the big deal was, oh, we're going to get play calling to Bill Lazier. And it's like, man, Bill don't know anything. Right. Bill's working with the same stuff Matt Nagy was working right, with. Right, exactly. What, are you going to have a change? You're going to put in some new plays? By Come on, dude. It's- yeah, the, the only score they did was Cordero Patterson taking a kickoff kick 104 return. yards yeah. to the hizzy. And once again, it's just like the Bears, Devin Hester. You got great special teams, you know, and, and defenses. And usually once in a while you have a good running game, but they've abandoned that. It's just it, it, it's just a mess. But once again, in that division, if you look at all the teams, all the fans are loyal. So no matter what kind of crap you, product you put out on the field, fans are going to go and watch. No matter what. Even though we're in the COVID times and fans can't go to games, I bet if it wasn't COVID times, the, the Ford Field would be packed for Thanksgiving to watch a subpar team that has wasted basically Matt Stafford's career, Barry Sanders' career, Calvin Johnson's career. They, they just waste careers. Just, those, those, those organizations waste careers. <laughs> I'm not going to dispute that. Keep going, David. Yeah. Sorry, real quick, kind of with the Green Bay, I was looking, listening to a conversation with Andrew Brett, and kind of the reason that a lot of the trades didn't happen that a lot of fans were thinking about is because there wasn't, there is no single owner because it's a kind of a dynamic. Yeah, fans. Everyone the, has part ownership, mm-hmm. fan ownership. You can't yep. really have some of those moves that – other GMs and other owners can be like, hey, we want this. So there's not that one person that makes it complicated. But, yeah, even still, Green Bay needs to make some moves. Uh, and then the last loser for me, New Orleans. Yes, they beat San Francisco, which, again, San Francisco is horrible. But more importantly, they lose Drew Brees for a little bit of time. And for those of you that are living under a rock, they announced, Late this week, that Taysom Hill would be the starter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that. I'm not going to mention the name that the ref, that a lot of people are kind of. I've been thinking that he's probably going to look like because I don't want to rehash that whole thing again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just does this uh, does this uh, quarter former quarterback's name uh, first and last name start with the same letter? Yeah. And you want a playoff game, but yeah. <laughs> okay, I I I know who you're talking about. I'm not going to repeat it. I think everybody knows who it is. Yeah, it's just looking for a team that had so high expectations, and now within this playoff format, where only the one seed is guaranteed to buy. Like you're going to need that bye week if you're New Orleans to not only ensure home field playing the dome. But then also just to, at the end of the season, see if you can rest some of your main starters that are going to get put through the ringer. And now that you have a player that has only thrown 18 passes in the NFL, there are some journeyman backups that have, like, played starts. Like, Jameis Winston threw a whole 5,000 yards last year. And, yeah, it's just. Even though he, even though he threw eight hundred thousand interceptions, yeah, but but he actually played quarterback. 
Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, to me it seems yeah, like Atlanta it's Sean that. Payton trying to be the smartest guy in the room. Yeah, and it's like you're playing Atlanta, and Atlanta's clearly, you know, shaky defensively. And it's like, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with this quote-unquote experiment or if this is going to be kind of the science phase of come Because they pay Taysom Hill. At the beginning of this offseason, we were all like, what are you doing? Yeah. Well, here's one for you, David. Is this the end of Drew Brees in New Orleans? No, not by a long shot. He, if Tom Brady can make it and the fact that Drew Brees is in a dome so he doesn't really even have to deal with elements, and then knowing that eight games at home, you play the Falcons in the division, so that's ten games inside of a dome, Tampa Bay sunny most of the time. So, you know, so that's 10 games where you're in pretty decent weather. Carolina's hit or miss. But it's like more than half the season you can play inside of a controlled environment. That's going to help him. Elongated career. If even kind of, as we know, in December, January, his arm kind of, you know, goes to the wayside. And particularly now that he's injured, we'll be interested to see kind of how he looks post-injury. Anything else, David? Finishing enough this up? Yep. Switching over to the winners. Shout out to Matt Prater, the ageless wonder. Saving Matt Patricia's job yet again. Uh, I, even though Detroit fans are like, we hate this team with a passion, and it just shows week after week after week. Um, winners from another winner that, that holds. Uh, Buffalo-Arizona game was just, well, it's just great to watch. That, that, that's the kind of football that I've missed. It was just beautiful. Kind of high back and forth. I mean, I'll address Kyler Murray next week, winners and losers, because I've got some strong feelings about him. But, yeah, just all the young quarterbacks this past weekend. Tua played well. Justin Herbert looked well. Joe Burr in the losing effort. You could see that he looks like he can be in this league. And so... Yeah, young quarterbacks all around. And so that is it for my winners and losers week 10. That Patricia is going to keep his job for another week to the chagrin of Frank Fasher and all of Michigan. Sadly. Yeah, because, yeah, because they I – did, I did th- I was checking my notifications when I was on break at work and I saw a thing and I'm like, please, God, have – the Washington Football Club win this game. But then, of course, Chase Young had to be an idiot and give the Lions a decent enough field position so Matt Prater could kick a field goal and win it. Right. Mm, all right, fellas. Well, we can always listen to this podcast on 88.3 WGTs after further review on SoundCloud and on iTunes. Coming up next, though, let's get into our NFL pick You guys ready for it? Yeah. Okay, hold on. Yep. Yeah.